The Nebraska Cornhuskers will travel to Camp Randall Stadium in Madison, Wisconsin to take on the Wisconsin Badgers at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 6.30 p.m. Central Standard Time, and it will be broadcasted on NBC. This game does not have national implications. It very likely doesn't have conference championship implications. It could have conference championship game implications, depending on how Iowa performs against Illinois and Nebraska. The Nebraska-Iowa game is going to be intriguing, and that is a game I will cover next week. But this is an important matchup for both teams because both have a 5-5, five and 3-4 five, and four conference record. And the winner of this game is going bowling. The loser, if you're Wisconsin, you'll have to travel on the road and play a Minnesota team that has led in the rivalry in recent memory. You'll have to earn a win there if you lose at home to Nebraska. And if you're Nebraska and you lose to Wisconsin, you'll thankfully be able to return home, unlike Wisconsin, but you'll have to face an Iowa Hawkeyes team that doesn't make mistakes and that is eight and two. And Iowa very much is like Nebraska, this year's Nebraska team, except Nebraska turns over the football a ton. And even with Cooper DeGene out for Iowa, that will be a tough task in the same way that Wisconsin traveling to play Minnesota on the road against a P.J. Flex squad and staff and roster that's had their number over the past few seasons would be tough. So this game's important to both the Badgers, the Huskers, two teams that have first-year head coaches, new staffs, new players even through the transfer portal and some freshmen who are playing. This is a stepping stone game, and that's what makes it important. Welcome back, fellow football fanatics. It's your host, College Football with Sam. And college football has came, and college football is about to go away, sadly. But don't worry, we have around two months or a little less than two months of college football left. We have week 12, we have week 13, we have week 14, championship week, and then we have a plethora of bowl games to go through. So if you want to get more of my content for this season, immediately get preseason content for 2024 because I'm telling you, the day or maybe two days at the latest after the national championship game, there is going to be preseason content immediately. College Football with Sam is a year-round college football and specifically Big Ten football channel. There is no off-season. There's only the preseason, regular season, and a very short postseason. If you want to get as much content and in-depth analysis from the best Big Ten football channel, please hit that subscribe button, whether you're a Nebraska fan or a Wisconsin fan or a Big Ten football fan. Nebraska versus Wisconsin is red versus red, so click that red subscribe button and click the notification bell so that you can get notified when I post more content. Like this video and share our channel around so that we can reach 20,000 subscribers by the end of the 2023 season, and so that this video and others can get into the algorithm. Lastly, comment your thoughts, analysis, preview, and prediction in the comment section below, and if you want to support the channel and also gain some bonus content and recognition, check out my Patreon page via the link in the description and the link in my pinned comment in the comment section. This game, as I've said, is important. I think Matt Rule's a great head coach. I think Luke Fickle is a great head coach. I think that these staffs all around are solid. 
And both of these teams are intriguing, and one has stayed much closer to my own expectations. And they have towed the line, almost walked the wire compared to the other in line with my preseason expectations. If you would have told me that Nebraska would be fighting for bowl eligibility against Wisconsin, that wouldn't have shocked me in the preseason if you told me that. Wisconsin fighting for bowl eligibility this late in the season would have shocked me. I accepted there was a reality that Wisconsin was going to utterly collapse with their massive change, but I think Wisconsin has, in a certain sense reached their floor, and perhaps if they lose out, have tried to lower their floor even further as a football team. I did not expect Wisconsin to be anywhere in the conversation of going 5-7. and seven. I thought they were going to get 9, 10, maybe 11 wins in the regular season and win the West outright. Now there has to be a ton of things that go their way for them to reach Indianapolis, Really, Iowa's in the driver's seat, and they're going to Indy unless they lose out and lose against Illinois and Nebraska. Wisconsin has underperformed. There's no secret to it, and they have suffered injury after injury, whether it is to Chesmalusi, Braylon Allen, Tanner Mordecai. Mordecai and Allen returned against Northwestern, but the Wildcats still won 24-10, and it was 24-3 for much of that second half. The Badgers right now, they're demoralized, but they're still a favorite. They have home field advantage, and power rating systems love the Badgers over the Huskers. And I think that's because, one, power rating systems have a hard time taking into account how the locker room is feeling, because power rating systems simply look at they look at numerical ratings, whether those are high school recruiting rankings whether that's wins and losses of a head coach or returning production, yards per carry, expected points added. You can't take into account emotion into a power ranking system. And it's hard to take into account injuries as well unless you manually go into that rating system and do a bunch of extra work to gain maybe just slightly more accuracy. So I don't think power rankings or ratings, whatever you want to call them, can really process how Wisconsin is functioning as a team right now. They can't process how bad Wisconsin is. And number two, they have home field advantage. The Badgers, they're bringing back Braylon Allen and Tanner Mordecai from injury. And Nebraska hasn't looked too good in their previous two games either, losing to Maryland at home and Michigan State on the road. So this game, there's there's interest in it from me. There's also a sense of mystery. I'm not very confident in who I think is going to win this game, and we'll get to that much, much later. We have a lot of breakdowns to do in conversation, but I want to slowly ease our way into the analysis of this game and the matchups because These teams are more similar than different. They have first-year head coaches, first-year staffs, like I've already said. They've had issues at quarterback. Both quarterbacks, Tanner Mordecai, and to begin the year for Nebraska, Jeff Sims, I thought were going to be in the upper half of Big Ten quarterbacks. Now, Tanner Mordecai 
maybe he will be by the end of the season. Right now, he's not. Nebraska's quarterback room is the worst. The worst in the Big Ten. It's somehow worse than Iowa's. I can't even believe I'm saying that. Both offenses were not as good as I expected in the preseason. The defense for Nebraska is better than I thought, much better. The defense for Wisconsin is slightly disappointed. Both of these teams are here. They're fighting at this point for pride and bull eligibility and fighting to gain momentum entering next season where the schedules for both of these teams are going to get tougher because they're not like Purdue where they played Michigan and Ohio State in the same season or like every team in the Big Ten East who also did that. Wisconsin only played Ohio State, Nebraska only played Michigan, and everyone else is in the Big Ten West or Big Ten East teams that were not in that upper group of two or group of three, if you want to include Penn State, that are the really near elite to elite teams in the Big Ten, and everyone else is several tiers below them. So winning this game will help build momentum into next season. I think there's more positive energy from Nebraska's fan base around how their team is doing right now than Wisconsin's, but I think that's because Wisconsin had higher expectations entering the season. Nebraska is another team who I think is more comfortable in their identity. Meanwhile, Wisconsin is a team that seems to be pivoting almost too easily, and they get uncomfortable with just a few mistakes. And I saw that against Ohio State, and I took note of that. Braylon Allen fumbled twice, and the only way Wisconsin was going to win that game is if they rammed Braylon Allen through that defense, and they they lessened his action. They took his percentage of plays and percentage of handoffs, and they decreased them. And that was an example of Luke Fickle and the staff pivoting when something didn't go their way. Nebraska's the more stubborn team. Wisconsin is the more futuristic, adaptable team. And yet, so far, I'm liking what Nebraska's doing more right now. I think they have to be stubborn with what they got. And I think Wisconsin is getting a little too ahead of themselves. And I don't think that they understood until after that Indiana loss or the Northwestern loss, whichever one, that they don't have the luxury of pivoting. They don't. you got to do what works. And it's the same for Nebraska, too. Nebraska's been too stubborn at times, trusting Jeff Sims early in the season. Now it seems like they're trusting Heinrich Harburg too much, wanting to throw the football when Nebraska only has eight passing touchdowns and 14 passing interceptions. That's a horrible ratio. Nebraska nearly throws double the interceptions that they do passing touchdowns. And they only have about 200 about 200 passing attempts all season long. You know what that means? That means for more, for more than, for under, rather. Under 20 passing attempts, Nebraska throws an interception. Because you just got to take 209 divided by 14. About every 15 passing attempts, Nebraska throws a pick. That's nuts. That is, that's her, that's heretical. Even for a Big Ten passing offense, and the Big Ten typically does not have good quarterback play, good wide receiver play. That's basically Ohio State from the late to mid-2010s. That was Penn State. Michigan now has better quarterback play than I've ever seen anyone except Ohio State have. 
in several years, potentially a decade or more with J.J. McCarthy, and they have good wide receivers. Penn State, Michigan, and Ohio State have great tight ends, and Iowa did too before they unfortunately suffered injuries. Nebraska has one of the least efficient offenses in America. They only complete 50.7% of their passes. They average 6.1 yards per pass attempt. Wisconsin averages less yards per pass attempt. They only average 5.7 yards per pass attempt. So both of these teams have had their struggles. For Wisconsin, I think a lot of it is more schematic. And for Nebraska, I think more of it is roster-wise. I think that if Nebraska was willing to be, in a certain sense, more malleable with their current game plan, but then after they pivoted to a more conservative game plan and they just stuck with it and were stubborn no matter what, and they boxed themselves in at least this year, I think that would benefit them. For Wisconsin, I think if they stuck with what works, almost similarly to Nebraska, and maybe I'm confusing you, but I think in a different context, if Wisconsin just played to their personnel, if both teams really played to their personnel, they would have more success. And I think that Matt Rule and Luke Fickle, they aren't necessarily playing to their personnel, but Matt Rule knows what his identity is, what his team's identity is. He knows what he wants to build. I think Luke Fickle and Phil Longo and Mike Tressel are perhaps questioning what they want to build, and maybe they don't know exactly what their planned blueprint is, and that can be something that's good because that leaves options open, but that can also be very dangerous. Both teams are 5-5. Five and five. Both are outside of the top 40 in football power index rankings. Nebraska's 60th, Wisconsin's 41st. Yesterday, I sampled the community poll that I release every week. I release a series of community polls asking you, the viewer, and the subscriber, as typically only subscribers are notified and can see when I post. I ask a simple question with two answers. Do you think Team A will win or do you think Team B will win? 43% of you picked Nebraska to win, about 860 of you, and 57% of y'all picked Wisconsin to win, around 1,140 people. Wisconsin's given a 70.4% chance to win, according to ESPN's FPI, and they're favored by 5.5 points. I think that number might have moved, yeah, moved to 6, according to ESPN Bet, at the time of this recording. However, Wisconsin, when you look at football power index and you take their specific point values, you subtract the smaller point value from the greater one, that's Nebraska's from Wisconsin, and then you add on three points to whoever has home field advantage. Since that's the average home field advantage in college football, Wisconsin should be favored by more. And from what I can gather, a lot of people saw that line opened up, much like the lines against Indiana and the lines against Northwestern that were just big in favor of the Badgers. And I think a lot of people are at least expecting Nebraska to cover here. And that wouldn't shock me at all if they do. I think this is going to be a very low-scoring game. I think that whoever has the more efficient plan, whoever's the more stubborn team, typically we look down on stubbornness, I think whoever has the most stubborn team wins this game. Because I think that sticking to your identity, 
looking the other team right in the eye and saying, we're going to do this, you know what we're going to do, but we're going to maximize our chances to win, and we're just going to stick with it and not doubt ourselves. I think that type of team, the mentally tougher team, the team who's the most comfortable in their plan and is willing to execute, I think is going to win. 72% of public bets are on Nebraska to cover the spread. That is according to Action Network. If we look here at the money line, money line is just picking who simply is going to win straight up. Wisconsin, the majority of people are on Wisconsin. 62% of public money line bettors are picking Wisconsin to win. So the public sentiment is that Wisconsin will win this game, but the Nebraska Cornhuskers will cover. Similarly to the 2021 Nebraska team, where they always covered for the most part, but they would come up short. And that has been the feel surrounding this Nebraska team in the previous two weeks. They felt a lot like the 2021 team, where you see promise in some position groups, and you see this could be a great team if, if this happened. But it's hypotheticals, and the reality on the field is that they can't close out games. They find themselves in one-possession losses, and they keep turning over the football. Now, I think the 2021 Nebraska team was better than this year's team. I think 2021 Nebraska could have, in a different reality, in a different universe, if they just broke through one of those games, they could have finished as a top 25, top 20 dare I say it, top 15 team. That's how competitive they were. That's how good they were. Just Scott Frost moments everywhere held the team back. I think this Nebraska team's less talented, but I think they have a better mentality about themselves. I think they're able to win in close games. They're able to finish out without mentally collapsing. It just hasn't felt that way in our recent memory in the previous two weeks. But I still think that this team carries a sense of mental toughness, I trust Matt Rule. If Nebraska finishes 5-7 and seven and they extend that streak of seasons without a bowl game, I'll be disappointed. I thought that given the schedule and talent Nebraska has, that they should at least go 6-6. Six and six. That was my preseason thought. I still think that now, even though the schedules, of course, are different in the sense that some teams are better than we thought and some teams are worse. But I think 6-6 six and six should still be the goal going bowling, getting in those extra practices, and, and breaking that streak of really depression is the best way to describe it. For Wisconsin, they have one of the longest bowl streaks in the country. You got to keep that together. Wisconsin bottoming out would be disastrous. It would be more disastrous than Nebraska bottoming out. They have more talent than Nebraska. They use the transfer portal well. I thought in the preseason that Luke Fickle was a much better head coach than Matt Rule. Now I'm questioning that a little bit. I still think that Wisconsin has the better staff, in fact. But even I'm questioning that in some regards. I think Phil Longo is a better OC, much better than Marcus Satterfield. I think between Tony White and between Mike Tressel, pretty similar defensive coordinators right now. I love Mike Tressel from his time at Michigan State, building up those defenses, and same with Cincinnati, developing one of the best pass defenses in 2021 when since he went to the playoffs. And Tony White, I love him too from what he's doing with Nebraska right now. He has beyond exceeded anyone's expectations, and he's brought the Black Shirts back. The Black Shirts for a long time was just a name. It was a, 
a figment of our imagination because we didn't know Nebraska was capable of having a good defense. Well, this season, they have a good defense. So the black shirts are officially back all because of Tony White, and the offense does nothing to help them. So Wisconsin's a favorite. I think that's understandable. I think rightfully so. Wisconsin has more talent. They're getting healthier. They have the home field advantage. And that's why they're favored. And I think they're closer than most power rankings would suggest. Certainly for FPI, I don't think there's 19 spots nationally that separate Wisconsin and Nebraska, at least right now. But I understand that past game results are taken in so that there can be a larger sample size and these teams can be more accurately judged. A team isn't what they are a week ago or what they are 10 weeks ago or five weeks ago. But if you take how a team performs in week one, two, three, four, five, and in every game, rather than cherry-picking data, you get a much better understanding of the ceiling, the floor, the average performance, etc. Wisconsin was a much better team a few weeks ago, and they have really spun out of control. Nebraska, I think, has been similar. Their previous two games have certainly been a downturn, and something that I'm not exactly expecting but could be possible, maybe one of these teams explodes and they shoot right back up. They seem to be in a trough right now. Maybe they start climbing up the roller coaster again or they shoot up the roller coaster like the top thrill dragster at Cedar Point, and maybe they come out and dominate this game. I don't see that happening, but that's something that just popped into, into my mind, and I think I have to state that. Because I don't think that will happen, but I wouldn't necessarily be surprised if maybe Wisconsin's angry. Maybe Tanner Mordecai calling out his teammates post-Northwestern game. Maybe that rallies them rather than furthering the discomfort and the angst inside of the locker room. And maybe they blow out Nebraska. Or maybe Nebraska thinks Wisconsin's down. We can't overlook them, but they're down. Let's take advantage of that. Let's pound the rock. Maybe Jeff Sims finally overcomes his mental mistakes and starts for the Huskers, and he shows off his ceiling. Or Chubba Purdy starts, and he plays a good game, like he did in his singular series against Maryland, but for an entire 60 minutes. Or maybe Heinrich Harburg, even though he has a sprained ankle, and I think that will limit his upside, maybe he pulls together a performance like he had against Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, or whether it's Northwestern, Purdue, Illinois, more preferably, I think that was his best game. Maybe he pulls together that type of performance. So we'll have to see, but I think these teams are pretty even, Steven. I think that the winner of this game, like I said earlier, will be more confident in their identity, and they'll be more productive in the red zone. I in this matchup, love the under. The over-under is 36.5. I'm telling you, maybe I'm not right. I am I look at that and I think under. Under, 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 under. The only way that will be an over is if one of these teams explodes and just blows out the other and the other has to play catch-up in garbage time. Or maybe they play a great game, but the other team comes out swinging like no one expected. And I think that's unlikely. As I've already said several times before, I think Wisconsin is the edge at staff, 
Based off of their body of work, I still trust Luke Fickle more than I do Matt Rule, at least in a general sense. I like Wisconsin's offensive line better. Wisconsin's strength of their defense has been their defensive back room. And I think the Badgers have a much superior quarterback and wide receiver room. Quarterback due to overall performance and wide receiver primarily due to the Huskers' injuries there, but also because Will Pauling has been a stud for the Badgers this season, and Chimari DK might be coming back with closer to full-strength performance than not. Let's start off at quarterback. I already described earlier that I like Phil Longo, but I love Mike Tressel. I love Tony White. I love Matt Rule and Luke Fickle. I'm not a fan of Marcus Satterfield, so that really explains why I think Wisconsin has the better staff. In the quarterback game, Nebraska only has 1,273 passing yards all season. Only. That's crazy. Now, Wisconsin's not much better. They have 2,179 passing yards on the season, and they're averaging almost a half yard less per pass attempt, just 5.7 yards per passing attempt. So technically, Nebraska has the more explosive passing offense, but both have eight passing touchdowns. The difference is Wisconsin only has four passing interceptions. Meanwhile, Nebraska has 14. Nebraska is averaging a 101.1 passer rating. Wisconsin's averaging a 111.7 passer rating. The Badgers were completing 58.6% of their passes, and the Huskers, as stated earlier, are completing 50.7% of their passes. So I'm going with Tanner Mordecai, who is definitely going to be the starter. Heck, I'd even go with Braden Locke if he was all that was available for the Badgers and Mordecai was still out for this game. I would pick him over Heinrich Harburg, Jeff Sims, Chubba Purdy. I love athletic quarterbacks, so Heinrich Harburg, Jeff Sims, and even Chubba Purdy. Myself, I'm not a coach. I would prefer those quarterbacks personally from a developmental standpoint and from the fact that I love run-heavy offenses that, you know, where the quarterback can read the defense, pull away, spread option, that type of stuff. But in terms of just who maximize your who, do, who maximizes your chance to win? Wisconsin's two quarterbacks are better than anything Nebraska has because they can pass the football and they can be competent in passing the football and they can make good throws and they can have maturity. Tanner Mordecai also has some decent mobility as well. He has 186 rushing yards and four rushing touchdowns. So the Huskers, that's their biggest weakness. I think if Wisconsin, if they traded Tanner Mordecai, for Heinrich Harburger, for Jeff Sims, and the Huskers had Mordecai as their quarterback, I think they probably would have won an additional game, maybe two, but I'm just going to play it safe and say they'd be 6-4 and four right now. They'd already be bowl eligible. And for Wisconsin, I don't know how much else would change, but seeing that they want to pass the ball a lot, I don't think Will Pauling would be as big of a star as he is right now, and I think that would really mess with their offense if Wisconsin had one of Nebraska's current quarterbacks. On the ground, both of these teams, when healthy, have a good run game. Wisconsin has 1,544 rushing yards. They're averaging 4.6 yards per carry, and they have 17 rushing touchdowns. The Huskers have 1,852 rushing yards. They're averaging 4.5 yards per carry, and they have 15 rushing touchdowns. Nebraska's banged up, and yet they're still having success on the ground with Emmett Johnson, who has 334 rushing yards and two rushing touchdowns, 
He looks like a future stud, just like Darius Taylor at Minnesota, who I hope that he can get healthy and recover as soon and as healthily as possible. Wisconsin, they have Braylon Allen, who leads the team with 757 rushing yards and eight rushing touchdowns. He did see some action against Northwestern, but it wasn't much. He only had three carries for three yards, and he had one reception for eight yards. And before that, the last game that he saw action in was against Ohio State in late October. So Allen still has a chance to break 1,000 rushing yards, but he hasn't been healthy this whole season. Unfortunately, suffered that pretty gruesome injury, at least at the time, against Ohio State before halftime in that matchup. I personally give running back to Nebraska because I don't know how healthy Braylon Allen will be. Ches Malusi is done for the season, and Jackson Acker and Kade Iacomelli, they're not nearly as good as Emmett Johnson, or they're not even as good as Anthony Grant or Joshua Fleeks, in my opinion. It really does depend on how healthy Allen is. If Allen's 100% somehow, which I'm doubtful, but if he is, then the Badgers, you could also give them the edge in the running back room because Braylon Allen at 100% is one of the nation's best running backs. At wide receiver, this is pretty simple. Nebraska only has 1,273 receiving yards in their leading receiver. Billy Kemp IV doesn't even have 300 receiving yards and only one receiving touchdown. Wide receiver goes to the Badgers. Wisconsin, their leader in the receiving game is Will Pauling with 596 receiving yards, three receiving touchdowns. He has 56 receptions. And Bryson Green, Chimri DK, and Skylar Bell all have 250 receiving yards and one receiving touchdown each or more. So the Badgers get the edge at wide receiver. Tight end goes to Nebraska and Thomas Fedoni. Fedoni is second for the Huskers in receiving yards with 228 receiving yards and four receiving touchdowns. The Badgers, their leading tight end has been Hayden Rusi, who only has 80 receiving yards on eight receptions. Their tight end room is one of the weaker tight end rooms that I remember from a Wisconsin team in both receiving the ball, catching the ball, and in blocking. And I think that has done harm to their team Overall, because in the past, Wisconsin was built off of offensive line, tight ends, blocking, strong run game. And even though their offensive line's only allowed 16 sacks, Nebraska's in comparison has allowed 25 on about 100, 170 less passing attempts. And Nebraska's allowed eight more sacks. That tells you who has the better offensive line, even if that's a statistic where I watch the games for Nebraska and Wisconsin. I've watched multiple of them. I pay attention to the entire Big Ten. You could be a total casual, and I could show you that and briefly explain passing attempts, sacks, what those mean, and you could, without even needing an eye test, tell me who has the better offensive line from that. That right there, as Josh Pate would say, is a paper pop stat right there. Even with the better offensive line than Nebraska, Wisconsin's O-line is nothing special. It's not like they're 2018, 2017, 16, 19, or even 2021 offensive lines. Nothing like that. This is one of the more inferior Wisconsin offensive lines of the past few seasons, and it's gotten progressively worse as the season has gone on. I give special teams to the Huskers because Wisconsin has fallen off there relatively recently, 
Nathaniel Vakos is a good kicker. He's 13 of 16 on field goals with a long of 52. Tristan Alvano did not have an awesome start to the season, but he's 7 of 11, hit a long of 55. Really strong leg. Both kickers are 100% on extra points. And Brian Buschini for the Huskers has been a solid punter. Defensively, I like Nebraska's front better. Their front six in the 3-3-5. And for Wisconsin, I like their back five, also in a 3-3-5. The Badgers this season have had 35 pass deflections, 10 interceptions, two forced fumbles. Ricardo Holman leads the team with five passes defended and five interceptions, one return for six. And Wisconsin also has 25 total tackles, or total sacks, rather. The Huskers have 29 sacks, 40 passes defended. They have eight interceptions, and they have seven forced fumbles. I think overall, Nebraska has the better defense, and Nebraska is getting some healthy players back, like Quentin Newsom and Malcolm Hartzog at defensive back. So in the same way that Wisconsin, if they're fully healthy, has a chance to have the better running back room, Nebraska, if fully healthy, could have that superior defensive back room as well. So that's my position breakdown. I think there's a lot of debate, a lot of freedom to debate who has the better position groups here. I think these teams are more even than having a solid margin in favor of either Nebraska or Wisconsin. Here are some players to watch in this game. I think Emmett Johnson for Nebraska, he is the key to victory. Emmett Johnson is a player. He's a future stud. Right now, he has 66 carries for 334 yards, two rushing touchdowns. He's averaging 5.1 yards per rush, and he's had games where he's had 12 carries against Northwestern, 13 against Purdue, 13 against Michigan State, and 17 against Maryland. His load has been steadily increasing, and there has been little, if any, drop-off in terms of performance. I think in this game... Look out for him to possibly have 20 or more carries. I think he'll need to have about that many carries if Nebraska wants to win this game. Look out for Anthony Grant as well and Josh Fleeks to maybe take some necessary touches in order for Emmett Johnson to stay healthy and close to 100% or above 90% rather than feeding him into the wood chipper that will be Wisconsin's hard-hitting defense. And at quarterback... I'm not going to name a specific player because I don't know who's going to start. I suspect and think that it should be Chubba Purdy, but I wouldn't be surprised if Jeff Sims starts, and I also wouldn't be surprised if Heinrich Harburg starts. Watch out for quarterback for the Huskers. I think Purdy gives them their best chance to win because I think he is the least turnover prone, and I think he's the best passer. And I think even with all their injuries, whether it's Fleeks, Grant, who's had some problems with fumbling, but I still think is less turnover prone than Harburg or Sims, or whether it's Emmett Johnson, who's a great running back. I think that you need a quarterback who's the better passer rather than the better athlete, as you do have a solid offensive line if you're the Huskers. Wisconsin's defense has had a weakness in their previous two games in stopping the run. They've had issues stopping the run really all season long, and they've only gotten worse. Watch out for Nebraska's really entire offense. I have a lot of faith in this defense for the Huskers. The offense, I could see them exploding. By exploding, I don't mean scoring 40 points. I mean controlling this game, doing what I know they're capable of doing. Or I could see them flunking like they have in the previous two matchups. 
for Wisconsin, Tanner Mordecai. He's the best quarterback in any of these two rooms. He has the highest ceiling, also the highest floor in terms of how Braden Locke, Tanner Mordecai, Jeff Sims, Heinrich Harburg, and Chubba Purdy have played this season. He's experienced. He's passionate. He's a veteran. He has a good O-line that can protect him. And he has receivers who I think will be able to make some plays potentially on this Nebraska defense. What does he do? Does he have turnovers? Does he have a sloppy game? Or does he come out all motivated after having a frustrating loss in his first game back from injury? I'm curious to see how Tanner Mordecai does, because Wisconsin as a team, I think, has a higher ceiling than Nebraska. And if there is a team that, like I said earlier, is going to come out and play a game that we haven't seen them play potentially all year and dominate, I would say that would be Wisconsin. I could see Wisconsin coming out angry and wrecking Nebraska. I could see that. But then again, we thought that would happen against Northwestern. Some of us did. I remember thinking that Northwestern would cover, but I thought that Wisconsin would have a bounce-back struggling win. They didn't. So Wisconsin could also be totally busted, and from that standpoint, Nebraska could come in, win by a field goal or a touchdown or maybe 10 points, and it'd be a business trip, but a game that they control the whole way through. And I think Tanner Mordecai will play a large role in how Wisconsin does. I have no doubt that he'll come out with fire to begin the game, But he could totally cool off, as the rest of the team has seemingly done over the past several games throughout this matchup, or he could play at that similar level, or perhaps peak when the time is right on a game-winning drive. Who knows? But my prediction in this game is a 13-12 Nebraska victory. I think the Cornhuskers will have greater efficiency in the red zone, both on offense and and on defense. I trust Nebraska's rushing attack more than I do Wisconsin's at this point, just presuming that Braylon Allen won't be 100%. Meanwhile, Emmett Johnson, Anthony Grant, Joshua Fleeks, they'll be ready to go. From what we know right now, Nebraska will have the deeper running back room. Nebraska's offensive line is used to having to power forward on nearly exclusively rushing attacks. And the Cornhuskers typically whether it's Purdy, whether it's Sims or Harburg, the two more athletic QBs but worse passing QBs than Purdy, they're going to be more athletic, all three of them, than Tanner Mordecai, Wisconsin's most athletic quarterback. And I think that will help them in the red zone against a defense that has struggled to defend the run. Meanwhile, Wisconsin, even if Braylon Allen's 100%, or maybe 90 or 80%, at that case he'd be a serious threat, Nebraska's defense has played exceptionally well in stopping opponents from getting into the red zone, and they're one of the better rush defenses in the entire Big Ten. At this point, Nebraska has the better overall defense. I think Wisconsin's is pretty similar, maybe slightly better in terms of passing defense, but Nebraska, A, shouldn't, doesn't mean they won't be, but they shouldn't be focusing on trying to attack opposing defenses through the air. And even if they do, they're more of a run-heavy team as is. I just think Nebraska matches up well with Wisconsin. Not only that, I think they're pretty even-steven teams, and I think Nebraska still has a chance to trend upward this season 
I think Wisconsin might be checked out. But that's not all of their players, and that certainly isn't Wisconsin's staff. I just get the overall sense that maybe this locker room is checked out. I think the Badgers will actually outgain the Huskers in terms of total yards, but I think Wisconsin, much like against Iowa, will be held to field goals. Meanwhile, Nebraska, they could get a big passing attack when Wisconsin doesn't see the play action coming, or Nebraska could break off a long run or scramble, or they more likely will have a long, physical, boa constrictor-type drive that will end with Bonner or Johnson or someone entering the end zone for a touchdown. I think a touchdown and two field goals is what Nebraska will earn, and I think four field goals is what Wisconsin will earn. The Huskers will try to pass with their quarterbacks, but they will rush for 175 or more yards and at least one rushing touchdown. The Cornhuskers will move on to 6-5. and five. They will earn bowl eligibility. And for Husker fans, and if you're a, a Hawkeye fan, this is bad news for you. At least from my prediction, I could be totally wrong. I thought Rutgers would beat Iowa. Didn't happen. Iowa dominated Rutgers. I do think with Cooper DeGene's unfortunate injury, Iowa has the potential to lose to Illinois. And I'm thinking that Iowa's been able to get away with a lot of close games with inept offense for so long. Illinois seems to be peaking at the right time, and they've they've found their rhythm, they've found their mojo, and they haven't entirely used the mulligan, I don't think. So I believe the Illini will upset Iowa, and consequentially, with a Nebraska win against Wisconsin, Nebraska would be one Iowa win away or one win over Iowa away from potentially winning the Big Ten West. And if Iowa loses to Illinois, like I predict, the Big Ten West will be decided on the final week of the regular season, just like it was last year, which is going to be really awesome. The Badgers will earn 300-plus total yards, but they will surrender some turnovers, I think at least one or two, and Wisconsin will need a win against Minnesota to clinch bowl eligibility. Thank you all for watching this video. I want to give my Patreon supporters a shout-out. If you want to support this channel and gain some bonus content, no pressure, but click the link down below in the pinned comment. Thanks to Crash2488, Anthony McDowell, and Justin Rogg for being Heisman Patreon sponsors. Thanks to Spencer Bringhurst, Noah DDLC, and SFS Inverted for being All-American Patreon supporters. And thanks to Will Loftus, Gabriel Callender, Roaming Gnome, Matthew Sale, Chris Lanos, Christmas, and Zubin Zah for being All-Conference Patrons. Have a great day, guys, and I will see you all around. Bye-bye.